excited to be here because um, today I do not know a lot of you, and I'm jacked about that. I've never seen you personally, and um, but um, I've been in ministry for, oh gosh, Jimmy, what year were we over there, 95, 96? Um, that's probably when I first really started serving volunteers, so what's that, 21 years now? Wow. And, and every one of them, you know, we were doing the work. Um, whether you're a full-time getting paid or not is irrelevant. But um, so 21 years now, I, I've been in ministry, and um, that's probably older than some of y'all. And, um, and I am the young guy. Yes, I am. Um, at least I like to think so. But, um, I, and I always say this, I get better with age. Why say something else? Okay? And so anyway, um, so we've been doing this, been doing youth ministry. We've done children ministry. We've gone through the whole gamut. And, um, you know, God allowed us to start a church in St. Augustine. That I did not realize that it would have expansion beyond just that point. Uh, but there came a, came a time when it just seemed right with us and the Holy Ghost that this church became the name of Faith Church. Um, and Pastor Brian and Cheyenne had planted it uh, long ago, I think 2009, 2010, something like that, 2009. And, um, and then we came in and we just kind of got together, shared a vision. And when it came to pass that they wanted to come down here and Pastor Mark came up here and it's done a phenomenal job since then. And if you've been here only for a little bit, I'm telling you right now, there's a gift in the house, and you want to honor that, um, because Pastor Mark has truly preached the word. I'm, it's so good, I was taking him back to St. Augustine. I just want you to know that. It's that good. So if y'all get tired of him, it won't take much for me to snatch him back. His administrative is off the charts, man. And I mean, I need that, that gift at Anchor Faith Church, so down in St. Augustine. So, you know, always value what you have. Because God can relocate people, um, not that he wants to, but he definitely wants um, the word to go forth. Amen? If you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, as you're turning there, this is a familiar passage of scripture, but, uh, you know, this life that we're in is a life of faith. I understand that. You need to understand that. And everything that we do with God doesn't always necessarily uh, come out exactly as we thought. Uh, when I say that, there are certain things that on a personal level, that means Pastor Earl, me by myself, I can absolutely believe God for some things that I can get immediate results because they are benefits of God's kingdom, and I am the one who's in spiritual authority. I know exactly where my heart is with God. I know exactly where my personal relationship is with God. I know if there's anything in me that would condemn me and hinder my faith. I know if I'm truly in faith, if I'm firmly persuaded, and I know that I know that I'm going to have that. And those things that are specific that I can have immediately are like joy. I can have joy right now. The worst news could come to my ears, but I can put on joy because I have the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace I can get immediately. Immediately I can have peace even in the worst news again, the worst circumstance. I can put on peace. I can put it on. I can walk in righteousness right now. I can make a choice uh, to either go against God's word or say I can get that immediate healing. For me, I can have it right now. It's done. Already have it because by his stripes you were healed. I have the authority to be able to pull it in. But when it comes to other people, these things I can't get for them. For some that are babes, yes. For others, at times, no. Then when it comes to destiny, destiny's a whole nother ball game. Because destiny takes time. You know, uh, to plant, to do something, it just takes time. For God to fulfill the plan he has for your life, it's not going to happen overnight at all. It takes time. And there are, in our life, sometimes we put aside our dates, due dates on ourselves, and then when those due dates don't come to pass, we get um, frustrated. Pastor Meredith, would you stand up? I'm glad she's with us today. Uh, and uh, Pastor Meredith is pregnant, okay? She is due on July 15th. 2016. A man has told her that due date based upon, you know, where they've done their uh, testing, you understand, to determine, you know, this is your due date. Now, how many of you believe she'll literally give birth on the 15th? I mean, you're firmly persuaded there is no way this guy could have ever failed in his diagnosis that she will for sure, without a doubt, give birth on July 15th. Anybody firmly persuaded, you know, this, that guy's right. He's a doctor. I mean, he's a medal. He's got a degree. My gosh, man. I mean, he may have made straight A's. I don't know. The guy had to have gotten it right. He just told her and her whole life is dependent on now this date, July 15th. None of you believe this. I don't understand. Why even go to the doctor then? Okay, so man assigns, the Bible says this, man makes his own, sit down, 
Man makes his path, but God directs his steps, which means you may be on a path that God says, okay, that looks good, but I need you to turn here now. Yeah, but man, it looks good, Lord. Yeah, but I need you to turn here. So if July 15th hits and the baby doesn't come and she wakes up on July 16th, these words probably won't come out of Meredith's mouth. Honey, it's been a lie. Pastor Mark's like, what are you talking about? It's a lie. It's been a lie. What's wrong, honey? I'm not pregnant. I'm fat. I'm just fat. Look at this belly. That's it. I'm going on a diet. I'm running. I'm just fat. He said I'd have a baby. The 15th didn't happen. I didn't have a baby, so this is just fat. Yet, when we believe God for certain things and it doesn't happen when we expect it, we abandon that Thank you. So it's very important for us to recognize that God knows due dates. And we don't want to be delusional that when it doesn't happen when we believe. Now, I'm, not ta- I'm talking about destiny. I'm talking about things that have some time associated with it. There are some things, again, that are immediately, bam, I can get on me a personal level, boom, I can have it. But on other things, uh, it's a different story. And so I always have to line myself up with God's word so that my expectation is his expectation, not my experience. Because sometimes my experience can do some things that will hinder God from happening. And sometimes people get things in a time frame that necessarily isn't God's, but he's merciful. And you all of a sudden associate a time frame with someone that got something, and that may not be scriptural. Because, again, God's mercy is to let people know he loves them, right? Does he heal people who aren't even in his kingdom, people that aren't even born again? Yet sometimes for us that are in his kingdom, we think we can't get healing. Amen. And we can struggle with that. Well, don't you know he loves us more? But he has an expectation that we seek him. Matthew chapter 3, or 6, verse 33 says this. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek when? First. That's priority. That doesn't mean second. And we have an epidemic in the Christian world where the kingdom is not first at all. In fact, if we were to go across the board and look at Christianity as a whole, and I'm talking globally speaking, you would find a lot of people who profess that Jesus is their Savior, but he's not first place in in their lives at all. And that's a problem. That is a problem, okay? Um, Again, there is a spiritual growth and development that takes place with us as believers. Right now, um, there are some infants next door that are being fed by their mothers. Uh, There will come a day that their child will get to a size that that will be abnormal. Come on, you with me? My wife told me one time when she was taking her, our oldest son to the doctor that all of a sudden she was sitting in the, uh, in the waiting room and all of a sudden this five-year-old kid was running around playing. Five-year-old kid running around playing, playing with a block, doing this, talking to his mom, all this. All of a sudden, he runs over, pulls up his mom's shirt, gets underneath it. Five years old. Now, that would freak anybody out. Seriously. I mean, it's time to stop that. Yet, if we do not grow in our relationship with God, we are having the same result and problem. And we're trying to figure out why God won't do something when God says, it's time for you to learn something different. What, how I provided for you in that stage, I don't provide for you in this one. Amen. See, a lot of people would just come and want to hear this word and walk out. But if you don't apply anything that's being said, then again, you could be born again, but you're trying to breastfeed with God, and God's saying, it's time for you to come off the breast. It's time for you to do it a different way. And there's no more milk there. It's all dried up. Come on, and then you get upset with God. Amen. All right, y'all can smile. Y'all going to have to help me out a little bit. Okay, Uh, because it's just going to get greater than this. All right. So priority, okay? Hey, listen, I just want to be honest with you. Um, everything about Anchor Faith Church is not for us to be comfortable. It's about us to be able to be empowered. If we're going to be empowered, it's going to challenge us to some degree. 
so that we rise up to be greater. Amen? And you want to be greater. Why? Because the greater one's in you, and he wants you to manifest that greatness. He wants you to walk out of here, man, when people see you and go, my gosh, what is it about you? And you say, my, hey, it's just Christ in me, the hope of glory. And you actually have something to say, something to walk in, a, an authority that can change the world. Amen? So seek first. So first is priority. We've got to seek first because most people are just excited Jesus saved them, and they just want to get to heaven instead of empower the earth with his kingdom now. Remember Jesus said when we pray, pray this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. Your kingdom what? Your will be on, on where? Earth, as it is in heaven. So God wants to impact this planet with his will and his word, but it only manifests through people who obey. It's the only way. Humanity never would have had another chance if, if Noah would have said, I'm not building the ship. You do it. You're God. You're sovereign. You're in control. And the Lord says, I can't save you and the people if you don't do your part. So you got to believe. And you got to work it. Amen. All right. Turn over to Matthew chapter 24. So we're going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness, again, is not a religious word. It just means his way of doing things. He is the one that's the governing authority. He's the one that is the king of the kingdom. And his kingdom means king domain. So what God is um, over, uh, he um, manages, controls it. He has the authority over that domain. If you are born again, he has authority over you because you've been bought and paid for with a price. Amen? So Matthew 24, starting in verse 4, it says this. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not frightened. 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 Are we living in these days today? Don't be afraid. Because the greater one's in you. And you've been given love. And love, perfect love, casts out all fear. Okay. Let's go on. It says this, you will be hearing rumors and rumors of war. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but this is not yet the end. Now, it's interesting about the end. The end isn't the end. Most people, especially in church, think the end, the end, is when Christ calls us to himself. We label it the rapture, the catching away. Most people, Jesus is coming back, we're going to be caught up together with him and be forever. That's not the end at all. And we know there's a tribulation period. We understand that. We even talk about it, seven years. But then what happens after the seven years? Jesus comes back to the planet, to the same planet we left. And the planet's not different. There's still sin in it. This is amazing because a lot of us, we're not really prepared for God's kingdom. We only want to be born again. We just want to be forgiven of our sin, and we want to go up to heaven never to be with this planet again. But Jesus, even after he raptures the church, in seven years we've departed from it, and there's a mess going on, he shows back up with us. With us. Now, we're glorified, and we will begin to judge nations and be over cities. You have to read the Word. And we'll be with him for a thousand years in, the, in this earth. The farm will still be here, Brent. That may be burned up. I don't know. You understand? You ain't going to be over it anymore in that context. But the land will still be here. And we'll come back. And people on the planet, when Jesus is physically here, will sin. They can still blow it. Now, they don't have the same issues we do because the tempter will have been thrown into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. But there will be people on the planet when we come back that will die. So it's not, and that's a thousand years, guys. Think about this. We are, we, if we're lucky to, to live a hundred, right? A thousand, and you'll be here. So it's 2016. Let's say Jesus comes now. Boom, we're gone. Okay, right now, we're all out of here. Hopefully, y'all are all out of here with me. Okay, we're gone, and now it's 2016, and it is, um, what month is this, May? And so seven years later, we come back, so now it's 2023. 2023, boom, we're back in the planet with Jesus. Right? He's down in Jerusalem, and he starts to disperse us to be able to manage the planet. Read the Bible, guys. I'm telling you. This is what's taking place. So then we come back with him. Now we'll be here for a 1,000 years. So that puts us at 2123. Now we're going to lose the devil again. Why? Because there's a bunch of people on the planet who's never been tempted. It's not the end. Just because we get raptured, it's not over. 
I don't know about you, but a thousand years is a long time. And so he'll be loosed, and all of a sudden he'll deceive people, and the nations will come against Jesus in Jerusalem. But that war won't last but just a moment. And that's not the end. Okay, just wanted to give you a little heads up there. There's still a lot to do. My point is, is that when you leave your body, we're not done. You need to understand this. When you leave your body, we're not done. There's still more to do. And we are not. You understand, the reason why the Jews miss Jesus is because they've always been looking for the king. They were never looking for a savior. In the context of that they had to be born again. They had to become a new creature in Christ. Plus, Jesus came to open up the door for everybody, and that's those that are Gentiles, those that are not under the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name is Israel. That opened the door for me because I couldn't have got in if it weren't for Jesus. Hallelujah. And so Jesus comes back, and he gives the ability to redeem humanity so we can get into his kingdom. Now, he came as the suffering servant. When he comes back the next time, it won't be a suffering servant. He will rule as a king with an iron scepter. This is your Jesus. They were looking for him to set up his throne in Israel, and it's all of a sudden everything's done. But Jesus said, i got to redeem humanity first. Because if I don't do something for humanity, I will judge them according to their deeds. We're going to see some things. All right, let's go on. Verse 7, for a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. And in all these things are merely beginning of birth pains. Now, you understand when birth pains start, they start, you know, and it don't feel great, you know. And it's letting you know within, you know, maybe a couple weeks now, we're fixing to go somewhere. And the day of, you know, oh, well, where are they at? Okay, they're, they're you know, they're 30 minutes apart. And, you, you know, you're all right in that 30 minutes, but all of a sudden, oh, okay. And you're starting to tire. Why? Because we're getting closer. Come on, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. And that, that ain't the best. Now, you're getting excited because something's fixing to give birth, but before it comes, there's some pain happening. Okay. Let's go on. So the next verse then tells us this. It says, Then they will begin to deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Now, many, notice, many will fall away. Many will fall away. Many Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Verse 12, because lawlessness, lawlessness. What is lawlessness? That is the word contrary to the word of God. That is actions contrary to the word of God. That is lifestyles contrary to the word of God. Because lawlessness is what? Increase. Look what happens. Most people's love, and that word love is not generic love. Oh, I love you. It's not a generic love. It means agape, okay? Um, man was never to experience the other two Greek words for love, um, you know, which is uh, brotherly love, and then you have this um, um, intimacy love, you know, uh, like a sexual relationship type love, you understand, that kind of intimacy, physical love. But then there's agape love, which is the love of God. And that's the only one we were supposed to experience, but because man fell from dominion, uh, we had to start living by our five senses because we were cut off, cut off from the kingdom of God. And so it says the love of uh, people's love will grow cold. That is agape love, which means you can't have agape love unless you're born again. Because when you're born again, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Okay? So because of lawlessness. Now, how many of you have been watching Fox or CNN? I mean, are things going to seem like crazy? Are things happening? Right? I mean, uh, are agendas being pushed that you know is not in Scripture? And does it make you mad? Yeah, I think so. You know, some of you want to buy more guns. Right? Right? You decide, I will get me a fortress somewhere. They are not taking me alive. Right? I understand that. And your mentality, though, begins to realize. And listen, there is a godliness to that in the sense of a righteous anger. But it's got to maintain righteous anger. And the only way you can maintain righteous anger is if you have a zeal for the Lord and you're allowing the love of God to be the motivation of your actions. See, Jesus, when he went into the temple, he started turning over the tables. You understand, if Jesus came in here and started turning over the tables, y'all would freak out because everybody sees Jesus as this kind of person that's, you know, 
like, boom. I mean, he was mad. So this is supposed to be a house of prayer. I mean, he had facial expressions that were angry. They'd be like, oh, my gosh, that's Jesus? I mean, a lot of us would absolutely have a cow if we saw Jesus in those moments, but he was without sin in that moment. Okay, is that going to bother you? I'm just going to leave there for an example. <laughs> All right. Okay. So because of, my point is, is here's the thing. Because of news, what does news do? It pushes the agenda of the Antichrist and the world falling apart. And all of a sudden, when it's time to, listen, you think, oh, you know, look how bad it is. Where's Jesus? But it's really its intent is to get you to quit believing Jesus can. That you're hoping him won't work. Why? Look at the next verse. But the one who endures to the end. There's an endurance because here's the thing. As long as you limit your life to the span of time and that's all you can do for God, then you're good. I'll carry on and work for my king after I leave my body. I'm not done. I stepped into eternity the day that I got born again in the spirit. And the work I'm doing now, he knows about it. He's taking record of it. Listen, he's taking record of it. He's writing it down. Everything I'm doing right now. He's writing it down. Because what it is, it's my resume for eternity. Now, this is not of works because I couldn't have had a relationship unless I made Jesus my Savior. But now that he is, I'm enlisted as an ambassador. And I have a work to do for my king. Come on, you with me? Let's look at this. So, it says, those who endure. This word endure literally means this. It means to remain, abide, not recede, or flee. It means to endure, bear bravely and calmly ill treatment. I'm going to tell you right now, you're already seeing in the United States of America, the things of God are being pushed out. I just watched something last night when they were talking about, you know, terrorism. And this individual said, you know, well, there's Christian, Christian terrorism. Yeah, absolutely. And you understand, they have a le level of an argument because, you know, when anyone goes in and starts killing people in Planned Parenthood, I can tell you, God didn't send them. But God, you know, gets credit because they say they're believers. What well, ain't the believer that I am? Because there's other ways that we can make effect in our nation. There's nothing wrong with standing up, but God isn't called us to judge and rule people and take them out because we're in the dispensation of grace. Okay, there's another way. But what is, something about this person was hearing what was going on here and what was going on here and what was going on, obviously did not stay connected to the Word. And as, a, as, a, a re, a, as the result of that is that their love grew cold and they decided to take it into their own hands. See, you can listen to the news outlet so much now that you can get ticked off about it and your love walk begins to diminish. To where no longer you have a passion for those who are having an identity crisis with their gender, but instead... Want to laugh, scoff, get mad, and not even want to have a conversation when they need Jesus. The problem with the identity is that they haven't been identified with Christ yet. And here's the thing. If you hadn't been, some of you today probably would be struggling with your own gender if it weren't for Christ. And don't tell me not because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The question is, is how far did we get into it? Let me just put it this way. Everyone who was a sinner had the potential to do some of the worst acts that you've ever heard of. So we can't think more, of our, more highly of ourselves than we ought. We need to understand we're complete in Christ, and we've got to maintain compassion. Because if we're going to make a difference, then we're going to have to lead with love. We've got to lead with love. Okay. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 6 through 10, I'll take this to 9, says this. Therefore, being always of good courage, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And that's physical. You understand? That's not spiritual because Christ lives in me. The hope of glory, the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. You understand? God lives in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's not like I'm separated from God. He's with me. Where is he at? Right here. Is he in this room? Yes. But I'm not physically standing before Jesus. That's what it means. Okay, but God's in me for we are at uh, for we walk by what faith and not by sight. This is so important because in this these last days, how many believe we're living in the last days? 
Well, you might as well because we are the furthest generation ever. I mean, this is the last days uh, longer than anybody else's, right? And you understand, based upon what we're seeing in lawlessness, it, it could be very much so. There will be a generation where Jesus uh, sends Gabriel, the trumpet blows, and we're out. It will happen. And we need to expect it. I said we need to expect it. We need to have faith for it. So we walk by faith, not by sight. If you begin to look at the sight and you stay disconnected from the word and get disconnected from love, even though you know the right thing to do, you can begin to exercise it by sight instead of by faith. And a result of that would be catastrophic. Let's go on. Verse 8, we are of good courage, I say, prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether to be at home or absent, to be what? To be what? Now, notice, you, there's, there's this thought of being pleasing, whether we're here or there. Pleasing to who? To him. Now, how are you pleasing to God? You know, we hear this statement all the time, unconditional love, Right? I'm not going to talk about the love of God, but I am going to talk about what makes him, brings him pleasure and what brings him displeasure. Do you understand God can love you and be very displeased with you? We need to recognize that. He loves you, but he's, dis, he's displeased. You do this with your own kids, for those who have kids. You need to take the trash out. They don't take the trash out, and you come back and find out they didn't do it. You're like, why didn't you do it? Well, they were playing a game or something. You love them, but you're displeased. Why? Because they did not do what you told them to do what you said. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Look at this passage of Scripture. Hebrews 11. Pastor Mark, your Bible, of the Spirit, when she came up, you know, you alluded to this Scripture. And without faith, without what? Faith, it's impossible to please Him, for He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. So, if you're not in faith, you're not pleasing God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So if you're not around the word, then you don't even have access to faith. Period. But once you hear the word, then you have to actually act on it and be a doer of that word. And a lot of people think they're in faith when they're not in faith. Because we're in a busy world. And it's very easy for us to have knowledge of God and and say things, but never really stop and get it. I remember when we started to... uh, Go after the mall. We are down in St. Augustine, Ponce de Leon Mall. It's uh, 178,000 square feet of, a, of an interior mall. has two anchor stores, JCPenney and Belk. Uh, there's a Sears Home store in the front and then us. And um, on one five-acre uh, out parcel is a VA, temporary site for the VA. They'll be moving down to the county at some point. Anyway, they kind of shut down the interior. They came to us and said, we want you to be able to lease some more if you like. You know, what do you think about this? And I said, we want to buy the mall. I don't have anything to buy them all, but we want to buy them all because the Lord put it in my heart to purchase it. And I have faith. I don't have to see it to believe for it. Okay? So at that point, a process of negotiation started concerning some things. So much so that we got in contract. And we began to, you know, believe God for the down payment. We put money down. We raised within, you know, maybe four or five months, um, $250,000. Boom. They put it down, put skin in the game. We're serious about this deal. Okay, then we had to come up and raise $860,000 within seven and a half months. Honestly, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, ended up getting about 100. The church probably raised about $150,000 in that time frame in the natural. Okay, so I closed, supposed to close last Sunday, which would have been actually Monday, the 16th. Couldn't close. So they asked us, you know, what do you want to do? Now, I believe God for the money. It's not like I didn't believe. I did. But I understand this, that I'm not the one in control of people giving. I had one pastor in town one time saw me, and he goes, Pastor Earl, he said, you know, four months ago, the Lord spoke to me about giving you some life. Four months ago. Okay, well, you going to give them to me? <laughs> yeah, come on over. So I went and got them. Four months ago, I could have had them. Now, is that a God problem? I said, is that a God problem? That isn't. We believe in God for stuff for the church all the time. We're believing God for different things, and we needed life at the time. And the guy ended up saying four 
months ago, the Lord spoke to me to give you these lights. So the provision was there four months ago, but I didn't see it till later. But if you get disillusioned because, you know, well, you put your time frame on. The Lord told me when I was in Haiti just not too long ago, he said, my, time, my due dates are different than man's. So I knew we set the closing date. And that's what you do in the natural. That's what you do in business. But closing dates change, of which ours is. Now we're looking at November 15th. You say, well, God, can God do it? God's already done it for us. All we're doing is walking into what he's done, and I cannot get moved by anything else. They can't sell it. They can't do it. And if they sold it out from underneath me tomorrow, whoever bought it would have to give it to us. You understand? That's how firmly persuaded that we have to be. Because what's impossible with us is possible with God, and so I'm pleasing to him because we stay in faith. Come on, can I get an amen? And is there risk? Yeah. Do you understand? They have $250,000 from us that I do not get back.
You're hoping your attorney can find some legal loophole somewhere. I had to go to court in Clay County uh, down in Florida one time because I moved from Georgia back to Florida, and the insurance looked like there was a lapse. And so they, I, my license had been suspended and didn't even know it. Police officer stopped me on the way to work one day. I was working a third shift job in Green Coast Springs. He stopped me because my tail light was out, come, ran my license, come to find out my license had been suspended. He said, I can take you to jail. I didn't like that at all. It was not a good option for me at all. He said, I can take you to jail right now. You're not going to be able to go to work. You got anybody that can call you that you can call and they come and take you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. Somebody will come get I sleep on the side of the road first before I want to go to jail. You understand? And so I had to go to court. Now, my insurance, they showed that, and I had it. But you understand, I, I, you know, I was a little concerned. I didn't want any issue there. So they called me up, and I was a little nervous, and you could hear it in my voice. You know, and I tried to explain because I just wanted to get my attorney on, you know. And they were like, excuse me, that's fine. You're good. You're free to go. Oh, I'm happy day. Happy day. I was free to go. No fines, no nothing, no court costs. I loved it, okay? I was exonerated because I was righteous. Righteous. The question is, if God called you into his kingdom, are you living out his purpose right now? Because you're going to stand before a judge. Let's look at it. It says, for all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed or compensated, you could say, for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. New Living Translation says it this way. We must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will... We will each receive whether what, whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. You say, well, wait a minute. If I'm born again, how do I do something evil? Evil basically is just about selfish ambition. You're trying to do something just to get the applause of person, and they'll be like, man, you did a great sermon today. Oh, you know, you helped me out. I'm so thankful for that. Thanks for paying for that. And they do that, and that's the only reason you've done it, not for Jesus in the first place. You'll get that reward, and when you stand before the Lord for that action, he'll say there's no reward here for that because you're – heart motive was just to please man, not to please me. Be burned up. Okay? So here's my point. We need to take a stand today because one day we are taking the stand. That's happening. So you need to go ahead and take a stand for Christ now because all of us will stand before him will take his stand that's what you say you know take the stand please and you're going to do that and the lord's going to lay out your life hallelujah see this is not about kumbaya hey listen you know jesus get into heaven get into heaven when you die you're going to and there that'll happen but it's get into the kingdom so that god can empower you with purpose and now influence this world with his kingdom and then he's not only going to give you reward in this life but in the one to come because your life doesn't cease to exist once you get out of 610 Street. See, we got to learn to stand on God's Word because you will stand before the Word one day. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 says it this way, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of His Father with His angels and will then repay every man according to His deeds. According to His deeds. Now, again, this is not a works to be in heaven because you can't do that. This is a reward for what you did to serve your king. This is the reward. Amen. This is why we live a life by faith. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen to this. If the Lord, listen to this. If the Lord came today, Anchor Faith Church St. Augustine did not legally purchase the property, but I would be rewarded for believing for it. Because in the realm of the Spirit, he owns it anyway. I'll probably just go back to St. Augustine potentially and maybe all of North Florida. Could take the whole state for that matter and begin to be the ruler for the kingdom as an ambassador in the millennium reign. But I'll be rewarded for my faith. So whether I actually see it come to pass in the earth or not, I'll still be rewarded for it. Because I believe. We've got to be able to, listen, I find this more and more as I've done some traveling and just continue to study the things concerning the kingdom, is that so many believers have limited their belief in God to their own personal lifetime. We've got 
to become eternal-minded. And eternal-minded, listen, get it out of your brain that when you leave your body, you're going to be up on a cloud somewhere playing some harp, you know, by some seashore. It's like perpetual vacation. Heaven is not a vacation. It's not vacation. Heaven, for us, is a time of judgment for what we've done, where we get rewards. Then we come back with the king to do a work, not to relax. Amen. It just goes on. He ain't saying you're going to be in peace because you're with the king. You'll never be touched again. Sin will never uh, mess with you ever again. Hallelujah. You're going to be good to go. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 12. It says this, So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Each one of us. Each one of us. If we don't watch out, we reduce this word to come ask Jesus into your heart to save you because you can't do anything to be in a relationship. So when you die, you go to heaven. And then there's no more responsibility we have with God. We just wait to leave the planet. And all those people are going to stand before a holy judge uh, one day and says, what did you do for me and allow me to do through you while you were down there? Every one of them has, you have a destiny, a purpose. And all of you are working somewhere that you have the opportunity to influence someone with your life. If there's ever been a time for us to pray this Colleen prayer is today over here in Ephesians. Look at this. If there's ever a day that we begin to call this to ourselves, this is what Paul prayed. Paul said this, and I pray and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. It's the kingdom of God whose king is Jesus, who came as a suffering servant to redeem humanity and place dominion back in man while he's in the earth to pull heaven into the earth through the obedience of that man or woman so that God could be clearly seen through his children. So he's saying, give me boldness to open my mouth. Then he goes on and says, for which I am what? An ambassador. Now he's in chains. We're not, but he was. But an ambassador is a government employee. That's where the king appoints you. And we have this even now in our own nation uh, as uh, uh, a, a democratic republic. Our president has appointed people to go into foreign territory to represent the nation. Yes. They're in embassies. They don't pay for that stuff. They pay them to influence people with the policies of our nation. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are in the earth, that there's a world system that's contrary to God. And God, when you're at your job, your job's not about your paycheck. Your job's about influencing people for the kingdom, and they pay you to do it. You think you're getting paid to farm. You're not getting paid to farm. You're getting paid to influence people when you take your crop to different places and begin to, you know, distribute it, that when they see you, they see the kingdom. They see how you respond to each circumstance and situation. You get to pray for people. You get to demonstrate a godly lifestyle. You begin to take a stand on God's word. Hallelujah. So he says, look, for which I'm an ambassador in, in, in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Turn over to Acts chapter 10. We're shutting down. It's getting close. In Acts chapter 10, verse 42 to 43, it says this, And he ordered us to preach to the people, and solemnly testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge, look, of the living and the dead. Now, when you hear living and dead, because we're breathing, that doesn't make us alive. Breathing doesn't make you alive. That allows you to stay in your earth suit. Whether you're alive or not is are you born again in Christ or is your spirit man still separated from God? Because there's a lot of people breathing that are spiritually dead, of which some of you once were. All right? So he's the judge of the living and that he's the judge of those who are in Christ, those who are alive. And then he's the judge of the dead, which means you can rebel against God, but he'll still be your judge. He's still your judge. I say this when I go into prison, which it happens everywhere, honestly. It's just a great testimony when I go and preach in prison. I said, today I am your prosecutor. Uh, today I am your defense attorney. Today I represent you as a defense attorney. I'm telling you about Jesus. 
I'm letting you know that you have an opportunity to be acquitted of all your crimes. That today you can be forgiven, your debt can be paid, and you can come into the kingdom of God and be forgiven. Today you can get off. But if you do not receive this message today, when you pass from this life into the next, I will become your prosecuting attorney with the same words. Because the Lord will play this moment where you had an opportunity to freely, of your own free will, deny yourself and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. But you resisted it in the stubbornness and the stiff, uh, in your stiff neck uh, will. You said, I ain't never going to submit to Jesus Christ. I ain't going to let him rule me. I'm going to do my own thing. And I will all of a sudden become your prosecuting attorney. And I will bring every one of your sins to account. Because you deny Jesus Christ as Lord. So in one moment. In the earth, I act as a defense, but in the life to come, I become the prosecutor. And Jesus never loses a case. He's righteous and just, period. He sends no one to hell. They choose to go. So let's go on, verse 43. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. So what do we do? We need to get out. So this is what I want to charge you today. I want to charge you as Anchor Bay Church in Valdosta because it's time for us to globally take over in the context of spreading the good news of God's gospel, his kingdom, to everyone. We need to first take personal responsibility in our growth and development and guard ourselves so that we don't grow cold in these last days. And when we hear about lawlessness all the time, or we have in our own personal walk with God, get disappointed. And it's not a God problem, it's an us problem. If, if something don't ever come to pass in my life, I always come back to me. What am I missing? I love at least what the one man said that had a son, demon-possessed, brought him to his disciples. And the disciples didn't get it right. They didn't get it right. So he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you can. Now, Jesus went well with that. He said, if you, if you can, all things are possible with him who believes. The man makes this statement, which is one of the most powerful statements, and I believe believers should say it more. He says, I do believe, help my unbelief. Kenneth E. Hagin, on his, uh, when he was sick uh, and was supposed to die at 16 years old, and he got around and began to believe God uh, for healing, and he said, Lord, if you came into my room right now and said I didn't believe you, I'd have to call you a liar. And he says, you do believe based on what you know. If I don't see the word of God's result, then I come back, what don't I know? Or is there some area I'm not believing because you're a just God? good and you're faithful and I'm going to follow you period so teach me so that I can be more precise each time so I want to charge you listen there's seven areas of society we need to be out and about doing the father's business and there's reward for this the first one's in government you need to be connected to government well just to let you know we're not in a, we're not in a religion anyway we are in a government it's called the kingdom of God and our kingdom should influence every other government period so we need to be active in love and communicate a position that produces life. I'm telling you, if there's ever a time to vote, vote. And don't, just because you hate both candidates is irrelevant. And let me just give you one up. They could be the worst candidate. Find out who's getting the Daniel, the Mordecai, or the Esther attached to them. You want somebody who can still hear God's voice or is not against God's voice so they don't portray God, but they have a voice to hear because the king in um, Esther's time was a pagan king. He was not a believer of God, but yet a Mordecai could come in and say, Esther, for such a time as this, we're going to see our people delivered. Pharaoh, around the time Joseph was in play, was not a believer. He didn't love the same God. He had multiple gods, but he heard a boy by the name of Joseph say, we got an economic problem, and this guy had an answer and gave him the answer, and he ended up putting him over his kingdom. So the one in charge don't have to be the greatest God nature, but ones around them can influence them. Either way, you better vote. Because we should make an input. Now, I'm not going to tell you they're the only two candidates because there are others. But here's the problem. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. Here's the problem, guys. Most of you, I'm going to just point fingers. Can I do this? Have 
not done any time actually studying all the candidates that are out there. You're only listening to Fox and CNN about these people. You are not literally studying them yourself. Nor are you saying, who else is out there? Do you know there's a libertarian candidate out there that's pretty doggone good? Now you say, yeah, but he won't have a chance to win. Why? Only because we won't take the time to study. The church won't unify and say, find the righteous man and let's vote them in. There's enough that claim to believe Jesus that could vote and change it all. Change it all. But we won't do the homework. Because most of us, well, Jesus coming. He's going to hell in a handbasket anyway. You know, it's just part of the plan. Lawlessness is going to increase. We can't stop it. You can stop it. You can continue to be the nation that influences more nations with the gospel because you make a, a demand on righteousness to remain in this land. But you allow the enemy to tell you your vote doesn't count. Okay. Got to get in government. Some of you need to actually run for your city co- co- commissions and your county commissions. You need to be the voice there. Well, I'm not qualified. I just didn't list you a whole bunch of people who weren't qualified. Just hear the voice of God and run. Brent, maybe run for the county. Get on the seat. I'm just saying. Why not? When somebody wants to bring pornography into our county, you say, nah, I don't think that. Let me give you some statistics. You know, the world always pushes their statistical stuff, but we, we have statistics too if you'll just do it. There's so much statistics out there that are against half the agenda, but they don't want to hear it. I love this one about transgender right now, though, guys. Think about this now. Science has put us in a position, us as a church, that there is no God. Why? Because we cannot scientifically prove it. Things about this is science and proven. So all of a sudden, a person comes out in a scientific suit that's male, and now we're going to let an unseen realm called their thoughts to determine whether they're the right species. Well, you're, ter- you're on my territory now. That's the unseen. I'm all about the unseen. God's a spirit. You can't see him. That's great. Thank you. This is what we've been saying for quite some time. God exists just because you don't see him, because apparently you believe a girl is in a scientifically proven man's suit. Because you don't see him. Think about it, guys. About it. You're allowing an unseen thought to determine. Well, before, science never would have concluded that. Well, you're a male. How do you know? Well, I reject this suit. Doesn't make you any less. And you can change a suit, but your DNA still. The DNA still. But yet we're catering now to an unseen. This is how sin works. But we have to be wise and be able to make statements. If you don't make statements like this, then guess what? Well, you know what? So can we conclude then, just get them in their own argument. So you're telling me that just because you were born one way, that's really not true, that you were really somebody else. You know what? I agree, man. You definitely are an identity crisis. You're right. But it's not going to fix changing your suit. Because notice, something on the inside of you is confusing what's on the outside. And what you really need is another unseen being who's called the Holy Ghost. And love them through a decision. The next place is education. We got to be, parents, you got to get, I mean, if you're taking your kids to public school, fine. Go influence that thing, but do something. Say something. If you're a teacher, be bold. Don't be, well, I can't say anything because... Figure out a way to be um, wise and be able to still influence with the kingdom. Say things that your children, that your students want to ask the question. And don't be afraid, because if God be for you, come on, the next place is family. Listen, we've got to quit having a divorce rate that mirrors the world with the church. We've got to understand this in the family. We need to uh, 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 be bold. Again, in all these areas, we're going to stand before a righteous judge. Religion. We're not in a religion, but there's plenty of religion out there, and we need to clearly be able to portray Christ. 
in arts and entertainment. Why do they get all? Why do they get the movies? I'm thankful for those people. The fact that you know that guy that's up here in Georgia that started doing all the films. The first one was horrific. I know that. I mean, it was terrible acting. But you know what? He just kept at it, and he didn't just buy a small beginning, and it's gotten better and better. And then he produces this war room that I was very skeptical to go see because most people don't understand prayer at all because every religion prays. And I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know that I can go through a, a movie where they just make prayer seem so unbiblical, you know, because they have their man's tradition on it. But they did a really great job, and I loved the end. Have you seen it? I don't want to spoil it, but I will. Um, I love the end where the lady says, I didn't do it right. She said, I wish I could. I blew it because I didn't pray. I was bitter with my husband. She didn't say, well, I guess the Lord just didn't want us to be together. God's ways are higher than our ways. Thank God she didn't say that. No, she said, I was bitter, I was mad, and I didn't pray for him. I didn't walk in love. I lost him. Next one's business. Man, we need righteous business. And then in sports. Now, I know y'all hate Tim Tebow up here. But you have to conclude. You have to conclude that there's only one reason why he's out, and it isn't because he's a terrible quarterback. Because I can give you tons of quarterbacks that have never gotten a ring and have been on some of the sorriest teams. And this guy statistically has proven that he can win. I thought it was about winning trophies. But they don't want his word. That's just the bottom line. But there's another guy surfacing that's with the Golden State Warriors. Had a pair of Nike shoes and wanted to get, I can do all things on it. And Nike said, no. So he went to Under Armour. They said, yes. Loves God. Unashamed of it. Come on now. I'm not saying they're perfect people. I'm just saying they're not afraid to let their light shine. And we need role models. So in the realm of sports, you need to, you know, get involved with the athletics. These kids, half of them don't even have uh, real dads, or if their dads are even there, you can make a major influence on a child's life and teach them character. Team work, team, uh, team mentality is one of the greatest examples of the body of Christ. I love it. But you've got to be willing to do it. Last stand. Here it is, last scripture. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 11, says this. Then I saw a great white throne. Now this is after the judgment seat of Christ. We've come back. We've ruled and reigned with God for a thousand years. The devil came against, and he's been destroyed, and he's thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death with false prophet and the beast. And now it's time to judge the dead. And saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, and those from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. And no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, Whether you accept Christ or not, everyone will stand before Jesus. And the Bible declares every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. Lord is not a religious word. It means supreme in authority. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now on the throne waiting for Dad to say, Son, go get your stuff go up and stand before Jesus individually. We'll approach that throne, that stand, and we'll bow. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be able to stand in his presence. And you're righteous. You're going to get on your knees. You supreme Lord. And you're going to bow down to your Savior. And I don't know whether we'll stay in this building.
position the whole time he's reading it or he'll allow us to stand up. I'm not sure. But then we'll stand before our king and he'll say, let's look at your life in me while on the earth. And for every action of faith, everything we did according to his purpose, everything we did to follow him, every leading we went through, every sacrifice we made for his glory, he'll communicate what we had already received here, but then he'll hand out additional rewards and assignments. You want to be in that group. You want to be in that group. And the only way you can be in that group is if you commit to Jesus today in this life and recognize that over 2,000 years did what we could not do. He lived a sinless life, perfect, and then laid down his life and took on our transgression, our sin. And then on the third day, God raised him from the dead and he brought his own blood to the mercy seat in heaven and poured it out for all humanity, taking care of sin, disobedience to God once and for all. And all who will call on his name as Lord will be saved. And you'll be in that group. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. If you're here today and say, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I've never done that. I do, I've never made a confession of faith. Listen, going to church does not get you saved. Being around uh, the Bible does not get you saved. Reading the Bible yourself will not get you saved. Uh, it opens the door for salvation. Salvation comes when you believe with all your heart. You're firmly persuaded Jesus did this. And you confess him as Lord. And if you've never done that, I'm telling you now. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how right you think you're doing, the end of your life will be death. The only assurance you can have in being right with God is to confess Him as the Lord of your life. So if that's you today, say, Pastor Earl, I've never done that. I've never made a confession of faith in Christ Jesus, and I want to do that today. I want to know that I know I'm a child of God. I don't want to have any doubt. Could you just lift your hand, anyone at all, say, that's me, Pastor Earl. I need to be born again. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Anyone at all? Now, the next call that I'm going to do is this then. You're born again. You're a believer. But you know that your love is growing cold. You can see it in your responses when you hear things on the news. You can see it in responses to your spouse. You can see it in responses at work. Things that you know are ungodly just makes you so mad. Just know, man, I, I, my love for God is different. And today I need to change that. Today I need to renew that with God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor Earl, that's me. Amen. Yeah. Anyone else? That's me. Because he's a loving God. He's a loving God. And he's righteous. Period. Period. If anything's not taking place, we got to examine ourselves. The last person you want to go against is God. It's the last one. You don't. You'll never stand. You'll never be able to stand. You have no case. You have none. What you perceive is not what it is. All you got to do is read Job for that. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Anyone else? That hadn't put their hand up yet and said, man, I, I, I know, I'm, I'm growing a little cold. you got to guard your love walk. You have to guard it. People are going to hurt you. You're going to get in trials and tribulation. They're going to hate you. In fact, the more we get into this world to identify with Christ, the more they're going to hate you. But you better stay in your identification with him because he's the only hope. Anyone else? Well, I'm going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for these that identify that their, their love walk is, is getting cold. Father, I pray you stir up within them afresh the passion. Remind them that if it weren't for Christ, they wouldn't even be able to walk in newness of life. If it weren't for, for God, what blessings are already in their lives would have never manifested. That the peace, there are things that money just cannot buy. Peace, joy, those things, righteousness, long-suffering, mercy, these things that take 
they can just remind themselves today that it's worth it all. And that God knows what's going on. And sometimes he's using you to speak hope. But he's got it. He will do his word. Anything unrighteous will be judged. He's going to take care of it. Nothing is going without his notice. No action is happening that he's not recording, both in the living and for the dead. So, Father, I thank you you stir them up right now in Jesus' name. Well, Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you it's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I endeavor to be able to uh, stir us up because the church is the greatest thing on the planet. It is the body of Christ. We are the hope of the world. Father, we need to take a stand, but in love, righteously, and do our part in every sector of society. Just let the nature of God exude through us. When we're confronted with anything, we just show God's love. And we can respond with His kindness, with His patience, with His joy, with His long-suffering, with His mercy, with His self-control, with His gentleness. These are the fruits of the Spirit that are in us. And we put them on. And you have to put them on when the condition is contrary to those actions. But we're going to take a stand before we take the stand. And we're going to live for you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. In the mighty name.